Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome, Renegade Nation, RenegadeTalkRadio.com. I said it right, Marla. Yay. Yay. Richie and Marla here on a Monday. We have a great show lined up for you today. We have two of the uh, two of the best investigative reporters on the planet, uh, Bill Dean, formerly of CBS News, and also Hedrick Smith, the author of Who Stole the American Dream. And you are in for one hell of a treat, Renegade Nation. We're going to explain with, a with, lot of stuff. With these two brilliant minds. These two brilliant minds, two distinguished journalists are going to be talking to you and trying to explain to you what the hell's really going on. So we're going to get to that in a few seconds. You hang in there building along with Hedrick Smith, formerly of the New York Times and CBS, respectfully. And uh, we'll be right back. Just hold on for a second. I'm so excited. Aren't you? I know. I know. You're so excited. You're like shaking. I couldn't sleep last Italian Delight, and they're located here in Maui. They got the best cheesesteaks and the best pizza on the island, so if you're coming from anywhere in the world and you want something really good to eat uh, that's definitely in New York, Philadelphia, pizza and cheesesteaks, that's where you go. Italian Delight. Especially the pizza and the cheesesteaks. Yeah, really, really good. Anyway, we like to say hi to uh, Bill Dean, formerly of CBS, and uh, Bill is a uh, dedicated... Hi, Bill. How how are you? Well, we're doing fine here. Lots of uh, news has developed. There's a ton of news developed. Anyway, Bill's uh, Bill's a little bit of Bill's background. He's an investigative reporter, 33 years of experience as a writer, news assignment editor at ABC and CBS, news director in Denver, Rochester, New York, anchor at KYW in Philadelphia, as well as Miami's ABC TV affiliate. And Bill's a member of the Radio Television News Directors Association, Renegade Nation, New York Press Club, investigative reporters and editors, Society of Professional Journalists, and the winner of many awards, including an Edward R. Murrow for best coverage of a major breaking news event, the assassination of Itzhak Rabin, and author of Smooth Criminal, a one-man American crime wave. And Bill will be talking a little bit about the book as we go through the interview. Hedrick Smith, also on the line. Hi, Hedrick. How are you? Great to be with you, Richie. Thank you, Hedrick. And Hedrick is a... Mr. Marla out there. Sunshine herself. Uh, That's me, little Miss Sunshine. Miss Sunshine. (laughs) Hedrick is a Pulitzer Prize winning former New York Times reporter and editor, an Emmy Award winning producer and correspondent, and uh, Hedrick has established himself over the past 50 years of his career as one of America's most distinguished journalists. And in 26 years with the New York Times Renegade Nation, Hedrick has covered the Martin Luther King and civil rights struggle, the Vietnam War in Saigon, the Middle East, the conflict from Cairo, uh, Cairo, the Cold War from Moscow and Washington, and six American presidents and their administrations. And in 1971, Renegade Nation as chief diplomatic correspondent, he was a member of the Pulitzer Prize winning team that produced the Pentagon Paper Series. And in 1974, he won the Pulitzer Prize for international reporting from Russia and Eastern Europe. And Hedrick's latest book is Who Stole the American American Dream? Dream? And so, Bill, explain to Renegade Nation a little bit about Smooth Criminal, the one... 
a man American, American crime, crime wave. wave. Explain that to yeah, Renegade yeah. Nation. I know that's uh, that's why you just uh, to get the book, you just have to say "Smooth Criminal Bill." Smooth uh, Criminal Bill. You don't say Bill after that. You know, you get Michael Jackson's song of the same name. Oh, Smooth Criminal. Remember, Smooth Criminal, a one-man American crime. I saw Michael Jackson last night on TV. Bill, I saw Michael Jackson last night on TV. Did you see him? Yeah, he was performing. He he lives on. He rose from the dead at the MGM. Electronic TV. He was was a hologram. Anyway, so go ahead, Bill. (laughs) So, um, we... um, I just uncovered this story accidentally uh, years ago, and it's something that was bothering me. Uh, I just had to find out what was going on, what was the whole story, and uh, so I took voluntary retirement at CBS and devoted uh, about three years investigating it before I was able to write the story. Uh, It's uh, the CIA releasing prisoners out of uh, American jails to go overseas, do dangerous assignments the CIA themselves would rather not do, thank you, they might get killed. Um, so they would send these guys out of jail with a promise, with the enticement, hey, if you make it back to the United States, we'll just erase your criminal record, whether you were in here for murder one or what, it doesn't matter. And then to keep the program secret, uh, they didn't uh, tell the people that were being victimized. And I have a couple of cops that I talked to that just begged. They said, please let us just be allowed to say, stay away from that guy. And they wouldn't even let them do that. It, it's just appalling, and I had to write it. So, Renegade Nation, if you really want to get in, get into the book and find out exactly what the uh, what the CIA was doing back then, back in those days, and what they probably still are doing, get Smooth Criminal. You can get it at Amazon. We'll have it posted on the Renegade Talk site. And Hedrick... Who stole the American dream? Explain. They're still stealing it. And they're still, <laughs> still stealing it. It's going on right under your noses right now. You know, it's, it's amazing. There isn't a week that goes by. There isn't something that's new on who stole the American dream. Just about 10 days ago, the Commerce Department came out and said that corporate profits are at their highest percentage of the gross income of the whole country in 85 years. And the pay and salaries of the people who work for those companies are at this lowest percentage in 65 years. You know, I mean, so there it is in a nutshell. Companies are making all kinds of money. Wall Street's going through the roof. People in the Wall Street banks, the big investors, the billionaires are making all kinds of money. And the middle class is stuck in a rut. So is the country stuck in a rut right along with it. So how we got there and what we do about it is something that should be interesting to everybody. And it was bugging me when I started to sit down and write the book, like like Bill. Something was bugging me, something was bugging him, and I had to get into it. And I couldn't figure out how the hell we got into the mess we were in in 2009 and 10 and 11 and why we're not better out of it now. And a lot of it uh, comes from a power shift in Washington and a big shift in the way, what I call wedge economics, the way they economic system works today the companies profit but the workers don't ride with that profit and they used to they used to yeah in the 70s 80s and 90s and our economy operates differently we got to get back to operating the old way how are we how are we going to do that bill and hedrick how how are we going to get this uh, this this uh this monopoly that they have built against the american workers how are we going to get that back people have got to get organized i think that the uh, yeah, get get organized, and uh, labor is uh, going just the other way. We don't have the uh, the powerful unions anymore. 
uh, I, I think that we just go uh, too far in one way, and then the pendulum will swing back. And I don't know how far, how crazy we're going to go now. American products are junk. Uh, I mean, I, I uh, even even the New York Times, uh, you cannot get uh, people uh, people with uh, Safari cannot get the New York Times on email uh, on uh, on digital. Uh, and they have been trying to figure it out at the Times for six months, and uh, they can't find anybody to fix it. And I just had a problem with my Verizon. Uh, yeah, but let's get back to economics. Let's get back to economics. I'm sorry here. We were talking about, you know, how did people get get messed up economically, and it doesn't have to do with your Internet on the New York Times. It has to do with the way that the companies are making money. The tax system is set up to benefit the wealthy. Uh, the, the payroll tax, which everybody pays, has more than doubled over the last 30 years. The maximum marginal tax rate, which, which is uh, on the top people, the rich people, it's come down from 92% on Eisenhower, 77% under Kennedy, 35% under Bush and Obama, and then finally went back up to 39.6%. You know, I mean, that's crazy. The estate tax is low. Uh, much lower than it used to be. The minimum wage, which helps put a floor under the earnings of working people, it's way back 25% below where it was in 1968, adjusted for inflation. So, I mean, these are governmental policies that are being pushed through that people are not paying attention to. And they're getting, they're getting hoodwinked. Yeah, I have, the people I, I, are making the money. Henrik, I have a question, Bill. Do you think that the, if the Republicans win in 2016 or in the midterms, do you think any, any of this is going to change around? It, is it going to take, how many years is it going to take to balance this out where the middle class is now a, a part of the... It depends uh, on who's running the country. Yeah, well, right? the banksters are running the country. Well, and, of course. And, well, I, I'm trying to find out from you two guys. I mean, what needs to be done so people have enough money to invest in the stock market and buy a house. And I just read the other day that Obama is now loosening up the credit restrictions on uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac so people can get homes because apparently Janet, uh, what's her name? Yellow or yellow? Or Yellen. Yellen. Yellen is, 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 is worried about the economy. Well, everybody's been worried about the economy over the past five years. and they For haven't a re- long time. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but uh, Hedrick, how much money do the banks hold now? $85 trillion in their coffers and they're not letting it go? Is, is that they're right? Sitting on, they're sitting on a couple of trillion dollars that they could be investing in, in R&D and in new, uh, new plants, equipment, hiring people, and they're, they're spending money to buy back their own stock so that the people who own the stock make more money. But, you know, it sounds as though the issue of the minimum wage doesn't have much to do with this, but it does. Uh, if you're going to start to reduce the inequality of income, you've gotta, you're going to have to tax people at the top more, and you're going to have to help the people at the bottom. And I mean, there's a huge battle. It's stuck in Congress. The president, the Democrats have advocated it. Uh, In some other places, people in both parties are pushing. You now have more than half the workers in America are now making more than the federal minimum wage on minimum wages in states that have passed higher minimum wages. I'm talking California, Washington State, Connecticut, around the country. Mm. But, But you can't get anywhere with that in Washington because the House Republicans won't let it go somewhere. And you simply won't let that issue come to a vote. Hey, Bill, why, Bill, why is that? Do you have any idea why that is? Well, uh, I, uh, what I was trying to bring up uh, earlier was I, I just wanted to say that uh, people are not buying American products. And that's one of the reasons the economy is going down. 
We used to have a, a, a real pride in corporations, and the corporations really cared about the product that they put out there because they wanted the customer to come back in a year or six months or whenever. And that is not the case anymore because the MBAs are just uh, uh, moving from one place to the other, and they don't care how good the product is. And that is a very serious part of the economy. So really, we need to bring back the bring back the manufacturing to the United States instead of having all the manufacturing uh, overseas. So it. yeah, but that's but that they're outsourcing all of this, and this is a plan of attack from the corporate banksters that they don't want to pay the middle class what they should be earning. So why not send it over to China and and pay them ten cents or twenty cents or fifty cents a, a, an hour to make this junk that we're buying over here, and the middle class is suffering. Part of the problem is that people are buying the argument that this is inevitable, that this is the way globalization works, that this is the way modern technology comes in, that Americans have been pushed out of this because uh, Chinese labor is cheaper and so forth. You take a look at a country like Germany. They're a modern, big, muscular country, and they believe in what Bill just was talking about. What he said was very important, I think. They believe in quality products. You know, the BMW, the Mercedes-Benz, the brown toaster, the shaver. You start looking at German stuff, and it's well-made. The mm -hmm. washing machine, the yep. refrigerator, You're whatever. Right. Yeah. It's very well-made, the ovens. Yeah. And guess what? We have got our manufacturing work 9% of the total economy, and the Germans have 21%. Those manufacturing jobs are the best jobs for the middle class in the country, and they're not just factory jobs. It's all the engineers, it's all the designers, it's all the salespeople, the advertising people. Everybody benefits when you've got a good manufacturing economy. And the Germans are exporting more to the world than we are. They're exporting. We, we had a $6 trillion trade deficit in the last decade, and the Germans had a $2 trillion trade surplus, and they're paying their middle-class workers more. So this whole idea that you can't pay workers more and still be globally competitive is just a convenience for the multinational bosses and shareholders to make more money. Yes, I was just reading that uh, it's only 18% of the of the manufacturing over there that stays at home, stays in Germany. Uh, they are definitely exporters. And they're good at it. And, and what Bill was saying is right. They're quality. They go after quality. And what happens is management and labor work together. And the public sector and the private sector works together. Yeah, well, how come, uh, that's, how come that's not working here? Why, why is it that? We don't believe in it. Well, we did we at one time. We, we, you know, we've who, got, who, we've got who at least is half the country says, get the government, it, it shouldn't be involved. You know, some of the greatest inventions that we're profiting on, Apple, if you look at an Apple phone, I got, a, I got an Apple iPhone sitting right next to me. Mm -hmm. About half of the technology came out of Defense Research Project Agency projects. It's financed by government research. Okay? okay. So it, it was working back. This is when we came out of the Cold War. You know, it was working at that point. We came out of World War II. You had an interplay between the private and the public sector. Now we have the idea government can't do anything, and, and we don't want to help us, and the private sector will do everything. And we have a war. The Germans get together, and they work together in order to do better. Exactly. The Germans, uh, every German product that I ever had, it was always good, Bill. I mean, yeah, and you're right. And we do make terrible, crummy products here in this country because the multinationals don't want to put the money into the infrastructure to make good products for, American, for America and also to have Americans get back to work. They only want it now. They only want it. To, they only want. They don't. They don't care about what's going to happen in two years because they'll be gone. They'll have another big bonus at some other company uh, for uh, cutting, cutting, cutting. So the That's the question the, is, how do we? Okay, from the both of you, and you're very smart men. How do we? How do we get back to 
the old America? How do we get back to it's us? take a bunch of things, but just take the issue that Bill was talking about, okay. short-term versus long-term. Okay. I mean, if you go back and you look at the way Henry Ford built Henry Ford or Carnegie built Carnegie Steel or these other companies, they were in it for the long run. They built the companies for the long run. We have now a capital gains tax, which is much, much lower on investment. You make more money on your investment than you do by working, by sweating, mm-hmm. and you have a lower tax rate. So one of the things you do is you change that and you make the, the, the investment tax rate based on a longer term investment. If you hold an investment for a year, you can qualify for this reduced tax rate. So what you do is you change that. You change the market incentives. You cause people to stay in their investments longer. And then you, you, you begin to reshape the mindset of the people who are running businesses so they don't do what Bill was just talking about. Get your bonus now. Take off. Go somewhere else. Sell the stock. Get out of there. I mean, this is, we're a quick-hit country, yeah, it's, and we're getting it, hurt by it. And we're getting hurt by it. Give it to me. Now, anyway, we're going to take a break, Renegade Nation, and when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about the Veterans Administration, the scandal that's going on, and also how this is going to affect Obamacare. Because if the VA can't run the, the scene for the veterans, how is Obamacare going to take care of the rest of the country? And we'll have uh, comments from both Hedrick and Bill uh, when we come back from the break. My name is Richie along with Marla. You're listening to RenegadeTalkRadio.com. And we'll be right back. Americans, take back the power before it's too late. in bills and unpaid loans? Then why not call Ameridet up to my ass? Hello, thank you for calling Ameridet up to my ass. How may I help you? Hi, I've got creditors calling me for money and junk, and I was wondering if you could get rid of them for me. No problem, sir. Thank you for calling Ameridet up to my ass. Wow, thanks. By using Ameridet up to my ass, we'll contact all of your banks, utilities, lending institutions, collection agents, and get them all off your back. Hello, thank you for calling Capital Two Bank. How may I repossess your car today? Yeah, how you doing? Hey, I'm calling from Ameridet up to my ass in reference to Mrs. Fitzwinkle. Oh, yes. She does owe us quite a considerable sum of money. Yeah, great. Well, listen, Pally. She's in debt up to her fucking ass and she ain't gonna pay the fucking bill, okay? You with me? Oh, well, don't worry about it then. I'll just erase her name from the computer and we will forget that this whole ugly incident ever happened. Ameridet up to my ass works with all kinds of people to make sure they don't have to pay back all that money they borrowed from large greedy banks. I'm a modern woman who's always shuffling back and forth from different places where one can be. And while I do have plenty of money, I don't feel like paying any of it back. Thanks to a merit debt up to my ass, now I don't have to. Don't take matters into your own hands. Let the seasoned negotiation professionals at a debt up to my ass do it for you. Hey, look, you fucking fuck. I told you Mr. Johnson ain't paying his electric bill. Now go fuck yourself, all right, you monkey head. Ameridet up to my ass. Because even your responsible deadbeat losers deserve a second chance. Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade. Talk radio. 
Welcome back, Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Maui, where we don't sugarcoat shit. My name is Richie, I'm uh, Marla, and we have Bill Dean. And I'm Marla. Form, yeah, but, 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 but Marla, and we have Bill Dean, formerly of CBS News and the author of Smooth Criminal, and Hedrick Smith, formerly of the New York Times and author of Who Stole the American Dream? And we're going to be talking about healthcare next in Renegade. Renegade Nation, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Hedrick Smith, uh, formerly of the New York Times, the author of uh, Who Stole the American Dream, Bill Dean, formerly of CBS News, his book, Smooth Criminal. Go to Amazon, get these books and read them. You will be really... Uh, shocked, shocked, and you amazed. Have, and the knowledge you will, you will devour these books. I, I mean, I'm still reading. Who stole the American Dream? After the Hawaiians, the, the guy, the Hawaiian says, "Give me the book," and I had to give him the book. <laughs> He's going to beat me up out of it and give him the book anyway. So we're going to be talking about the Veterans Administration, the scandal that is going on. Uh, Renegade Nation, this scandal was going on during the Bush administration, and it was handed off to Obama. Obama in 2008 did nothing about it. They knew it was going on. They knew, they knew these guys were dying. They knew these guys had, the, these hospitals had uh, wait time problems and all of this nonsense. And now, uh, and now in Phoenix, and this was where all this blew up, but I have a personal uh, connection to this. I've been waiting five months now to have uh, cataract surgery on my eyes, and I, I followed the rules, I followed the instructions, and guess what? Renegade Nation, supposedly, allegedly, they lost my paperwork. Nobody could find anything at the VA. The eye clinic couldn't find anything through the VA. So when I went to the VA last week for a physical examination, I talked to them and I said, where the hell is my cataract? surgery. First off, Renegade Nation, you have to be evaluated first, and that means they have to they have to give the approval for the evaluation to the surgeon, and then I had to wait three months for that. Three months for an evaluation, I would have been dead if it would have been be- something else. Because somebody was on vacation. Somebody was on vacation. Allegedly, they said they were on vacation. <laughs> Allegedly! And then, uh, finally, I see the, the surgeon, and he goes, you definitely need the surgery, and we're going to put the paperwork in today, and we'll probably have this done in two weeks. Guess what, Renegade Nation? That was three months now, and I'm still waiting. So, last week, I went to the VA and I talked to the nurse and I talked to the doctor and the bottom line was they said, oh, guess what? You're going to have your letter of, of, uh, of um, um, uh, the okay to go and get your um, surgery. Well, I called them up the other day and I still have nothing and they don't know what's going on. So here we are. I am stuck in the mess myself. Of the not, well, what you're saying is just a pattern in America, in corporate America as well. And uh, it's a big, it's a big defense. It's a big fence uh, that uh, you have to climb over. And nobody is going to say, "Hey, it's this guy, and he wasn't doing his job, and I'm going to tell him that he's got to do his job to take care of you." Nobody does that anymore. They all are protecting themselves, and they are. It's just like, just like a wall trying to get through. And something that I found out as I, as I heard about these. Uh, about these crazy guys that that are shooting, you know, down in Washington at the at the Navy place, and and that there's always somebody there that knew that this guy was crazy, but didn't want to report it. They didn't want to report it because in America, you're not supposed to tell the boss your problems. You're supposed to be the problem solver. And if you're middle management and you go and you tell the CEO, CEO, I got to fix this. This is wrong. 
then you're a troublemaker. You want to tell him whether you got it right or whether you got it wrong, that everything is smooth. And they don't want to know about things because then maybe they can be sued. So your job is not to tell them because if you tell them, you'll probably be laid off. Hedrick, what's your take? Through all of America. Hedrick, what's your take on this VA thing and also with Obamacare coming in to play now? They can't take care of the veterans. How are they going to take care of the rest of the country? How are they going to do this? Well, well first of all, you better stop where you are, Rick. you got problems in the Veterans Administration. But if you go look at polling data, yeah. the mo- you, want, you want to know what the most successful health care program in America is in yeah. terms of the people who receive the care? VA? Medicare. Medicare. It's a okay. government program. Yeah. Okay. You go look at the opinion polls. People who have Medicare are happier with their care than, than people who get private care, people who get... And it used to be the VA was better. You know, I don't exactly know what happened, Richie, but part of what happened was we went to war, okay? We suddenly had a system that was dealing reasonably well. And I did some filming for some uh, PBS documentaries I did, uh, one on health care. Uh, and we went to VA hospitals in a couple of places, one down in Kentucky. We found a VA hospital in Kentucky mm-hmm. that was immediately attached to, umbilically attached to the University of Kentucky Medical Center. University Medical Center next door, and it had a better record than the University Medical Center, and it was better at dealing with medical errors and that kind of stuff. Now, that's, that's 10, 12 years ago. Then comes along Iraq, and then comes along Afghanistan, and you get an enormous explosion of, of active-duty medical care that's got to be delivered. And then you get people coming out of the service, and the load is enormous. And in the first place, the Army is and, and the Marines and to a lesser degree, the Navy, are denying the suicide rates. That's a huge problem. They're denying post, uh, post-trauma stress. Post-traumatic um, stress disorder. Okay, you know, and so what's going on is the active duty military, as they're coming out of the military, are putting enormous strains on. And nobody's increasing the, the funding for those things. Okay, Hedrick. Congress is Hedrick, saying we, Hedrick, can't, we can't pay anymore. Okay. We can't hire any more people. Hedrick, let me, take you, let me take you on here. Bill and Hedrick, yep. listen. We're going to go to war in Iraq and Afghanistan. They know, the government knows, and the military knows that there's going to be a huge amount of injuries coming back to America, and these veterans need to be taken care of. Why wasn't it set up that they knew that it would be billions and billions of dollars to take care of these veterans? Okay, ask yourself. Well, I'm just asking you. Just listen to that question for a moment. Okay. Do you remember anybody saying, you, America, we, America, have to pay the bill? Do you remember anybody saying to you, we're going to have more casualties? No, I don't. have a cost award? Do you remember anybody saying to you, you've got to pay higher taxes in order to, to pay the salaries of those people? No. Nope. In order to buy the weapons for those people? No. Nope. In order to take care of those people? No. Nope. We did a war on credit. We did a war on credit. We did it on Chinese credit. And that's one of the reasons why the VA is in a mess. Nobody wants to admit that now. Nobody ever wants to use the dirty word taxes and say, you've got to pay for stuff if you want it. Okay? We didn't pay for that darn war. And the whole damn system got overloaded everywhere. The, the, the defense spending today is over $100 billion higher than it was at the peak of the Cold War when we faced the Soviet Union, a nuclear-armed intercontinental threat. Now, yes, terrorists are a threat, but they're not an intercontinental armed adversary like the Soviet Union was. Defense spending has gone up, and we haven't paid for it. And now the crunch is on everywhere. 
the whole cost down. And you, you don't have enough people there to deal with. You don't have enough doctors. don't have enough administrators. Yeah, people are screwing up, and Bill is right. Nobody wants to answer your phone call. Nobody wants to take responsibility. If a whistleblower steps up, they lop his head off. All those things are true. But the basic problem is we didn't pay for it. Exactly. And everybody wants it. And everybody wants also, it. So uh, something uh, they, they looked at the Vietnam War and they said, uh, you know, we lost 55,000. We expect to lose about 30,000 in Iraq. Uh, they didn't realize that those uh, C-47s uh, before they went to Rhine Mine and uh, dumped the uh, wounded off, that they could save the lives of so many people today that were bleeding to death in the jungles over in Vietnam. And the numbers, that's why we only have 8,000 8, dead, but we have so many, we have like 150,000 that are going to need medical care for the rest of their lives. Well, you know, talking about Agent Orange, Bill and Hedrick, I, I was there, and uh, there's a fight going on right now, whether the naval vessel that I was on was, it was in country or in the deep blue sea, as they call it. And they can't figure out what the hell. Well, I was in country. I was in uh, Da Nang, and I was in uh, Cameron Bay. And they're fighting it, saying that we are, they call it the Deep Blue Sea Navy, that we never entered into the country, even though this Agent Orange from Monsanto is floating in the air over the, over the Gulf of Tonkin, where I was hanging out at for a while. Yeah, yeah, but, did but you see you know, any purple haze? Back, but if, if you're coming forward today, just go back and take a look. The Bush administration, when they started the Iraq War in 2003, told you that it was going to cost $100 billion dollars. In fact, the head of the CEA, the Council of Economic Advisors for Bush, was fired because he said it was going to cost $200 billion. Guess what? What? We're already $1.8 trillion into it, and it's going to cost us $4 trillion before we're done, partly because of what we're talking about here. The medical costs of, of the 2 million people, 2 million people have fought in those wars, and they're coming home with a variety of ailments and injuries. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous load on the on the, on the VA it, 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 and on the taxpayer. We haven't paid for it. Right. And it's going to go on forever. And it's going to go on forever. I mean, 50 more but it's years. dishonest. But here, here, Hedrick, the, that's the, part the, of the stealing of the American dream. You're getting your health care stolen from you because people didn't want to pay higher taxes. And those people particularly were extremely wealthy people. That is part of the stealing of the dream. It's reasonable for you as a veteran to want to have your health care. You've earned it. Okay? And so have all these other people. But the rich people didn't want to pay more, so they're stealing the dream of your health care from you. Just the same way they're stealing houses from people, from the Wall Street banks. And, and you're exactly right, they're Hedrick. stealing people's retirement by making people pay for it themselves instead of the company paying for it, which the company used to and then, and then, This is what's happened in America over the last 30 years. So, you know, that guy, that guy that said it would be $200 million, is that what you said? The $200 estimate? billion. $200 billion, $200 billion, Bill. billion I'm sorry. $200 billion, uh, uh, I, I wonder... I wonder if why 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 didn't they say now you said that it's 200 billion we said that it's 150 billion let's find out why you think it's more but instead he gets fired yeah he gets fired he gets fired and and it was I mean neither one was close they made the assumption that the Iraqi oil would continue to be sold and the Iraqi oil would fund the war and so I mean, it was crazy it is they crazy they didn't want to deal with it they didn't want to be honest with the American people about it well, that, I mean, uh, we can't deal we can't deal with big issues in this country unless we deal with them honestly well you know what it comes down to Hedrick everybody's a racist and everybody's this and you're a whistleblower the bottom line is we went to war the bottom line was the mainstream media did not explain to the American people what was going to happen to the veterans coming back from that war regardless of Vietnam 
I mean, you have Iraq and Afghanistan. A lot of people are, there's a lot of problems mentally, emotionally, and physically with these guys and women. And they are being, uh, like you said, their health care is being stolen from them. Their care. And the American people were not um, educated as to what was coming down the pike here. And I blame that on the mainstream media. They didn't explain it and get it out there to the people. It was the government, first of all. I'll take lots of blame. I'm in the media. I'll take lots of blame. There are lots of things that we didn't cover. But the government has a responsibility to tell people what the war is going to cost, honestly, and who's going to pay for it. But see, as a... If you the money from the Chinese, then here we are after the war is over, and you're going to be without your... Hedrick, as you, you as a reporter, and one of the best reporters in the country, along with Bill, but you would have been told by the government what was coming down, and you would have explained that in your, in your uh, articles that you wrote for the New York Times and what you were doing at the time. You would have explained that, but they didn't tell you anything, and you didn't know what to believe. Right. Well, I, I, I can tell you, most of the time when I was reporting on the Vietnam War and reporting on policy in the Vietnam War, uh, I didn't believe what I was being told. That's how I got into the Pentagon Papers. <laughs> so, that's how I got okay. my phone wiretapped. I got my phone wiretapped by Nixon and Kissinger and J. Edgar Hoover and those people because I didn't believe what I, what I was being told and I was trying to find out other stuff. I mean, all along, there have been some reporters, and I'm, I'm sure Bill was certainly one of them, who have been, it just simply wouldn't buy what was being sold to them uh, by whoever they were talking to. It doesn't matter whether it's big government or big business. You know, those folks aren't going to level with you. You got to understand that. So you got to go dig, you know, harder. But you got a fast moving, quick hit, uh, you know, get me the latest headline press corps now that, uh, you know, want to move on to the next story, want to find the next ferry that's like, who cares about your health care? That's a big story today, but it's gone tomorrow. No, it's not. It's a problem for millions of people that's continuing. We have an obligation to dig into it and hang in there. Well, I, I don't want to see these veterans coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan treated like the Vietnam veterans, the way we were treated. We were treated horribly. And right. I, I, I don't want to see this happen to these guys. They put their lives on the line for this country. They put their lives on the line for freedom, uh, for everybody else to live a good life. And then when they come back and they're all screwed up, nobody wants to take care of them. And you got these whistleblowers and corporate uh, idiots that don't want to lose their jobs. And then I, I read an article and saw on TV about that lady that was running the Phoenix operations. She came out of uh, Minnesota and she was just as bad as in Minnesota as she was in Phoenix because she wanted to climb up the corporate ladder to get to Washington and she didn't really care about the veterans. Why would they want to keep somebody like that there? And everybody was afraid of her. Just like Bill said, this whistleblower thing, she was, they were scared, they were intimidated by this this woman who was running this VA facility, hospital in Minnesota someplace. Well, nowadays, Rich, they don't fire you, they kill you. Yeah, wow. Well, okay. Well, Bill, what's <laughs> your take on that? Well, you know, they got this lady who wants to climb the ladder and, and is doing these t- type of, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what the word is. They're lying and the conniving to get what she wants, but she doesn't care about the veterans that she's supposed to be working for and helping. Well, uh, there there wouldn't have been a, a, in Iraq or there wouldn't have been in Afghanistan if uh, we had the draft. There would have been riots out there just as there was. The, 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 the university dra- uh, riots are what stopped the Vietnam War. They realized that they couldn't get the, they couldn't get the, the troops over there anymore, and uh, well, we had a very class. Uh, war over here in Afghanistan and in Iraq. Uh, these are these are poor working people from from middle middle class, uh, 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 you know, uh, small town America, 
and uh, those are the ones, and they're very smart. They they were educated and in, in good high schools in these small towns in America, and they went over there, and that's where so many of them are. And uh, there was a there was a complaint during the Vietnam War that uh, that you had. Uh, uh, too many blacks on the front line, so they were very careful not to put that many blacks out there uh, in Iraq and in Afghanistan. So it's these white, uh, poor whites that uh, looked uh, in the small town and saw, geez, I'm, I've got my high school diploma, I can look down the street and work at the gas station or I can join the army. And those are the guys that went, and those are the guys that wouldn't protest. Well, you know, get back to the health care and the VA employees, and <clears throat> the VA is ordering these people to cook the books and hide long wait times that veterans face when seeking care like I'm going through right now. With the, but these these guys have more problems than I do. They got heart and cancer. They got all they got all kind of problems. They have to go to specialists. Why did some VA administrators go so far as to create a secret waiting list to hide a year plus wait times? Why why is that going? I, it's just amazing. There's not enough money to pay for the care. I'm sorry, you're, you're focusing on the individual, and that's a standard way for Americans to operate. Here's this individual woman from Minnesota, yeah, right. Phoenix. I don't, I don't know her story. I, I have no idea what the facts are. But the problem system, we have systemic problems in this country, Richie. When you're looking at this thing and you're touching it, what you're seeing is how it's hitting you personally. And I don't blame you. I would react the same way. And the same thing is true of other individuals. And, and why are these guys covering something up? Why do they have these long waiting lists? Of course they don't want it to come out that they've got long waiting lists. It would be obvious they weren't serving people. But when you dig down deep and you say, why is this going on? And why is that going on? And why is that going on? And you keep digging one after why after another. The basic problem is there aren't enough good people doing the work and there isn't enough money going into that system. There's an overload on that system. And so people are going to cover their asses day after day, week in and week out, mm-hmm. not to let it come out. Well, Hedrick, when I speak because about... They don't, have the, they don't have the wherewithal to do what they need to do. Hedrick. Because nobody's got the guts politically to stand up to and tell people and tell this people. is happening uh-huh. because we're not putting enough money into it. We're not helping these people enough. You know, what are they doing now? Now they're starting to, you know, cut pay, cut retirement, that kind of stuff. Well, I'm just right. speaking, I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking for a lot of veterans that don't, can't speak like I can, and I'm speaking for them as well as myself. There's a lot of them out there. And if you recall the basic structure and the incentives, a health insurance policy is an enforceable contract, Renegade Nation. Should the insurance company decline to pay for a covered charge, the insurer can call upon government to compel the company to make good on its promise. Government has a gross conflict of interest when it assumes the all paying for health care. There is no enforceable contract and the government runs the courts that would adjudicate any dispute. So government finds it easy to exempt itself. For example, its tax court refuses to be held to any prior precedent. Its secret fiscal court makes its own rules in secret. So we're we're running into all these secrets now and somebody finally opened up with the whistleblower and all this has come out and hopefully it'll be resolved. And Hedrick and Bill, how do you think this is going to be resolved? And also, how is Obamacare going to be mixed into this whole uh, part of it because the VA is having all these problems. What about the other 350 million people that Obamacare is going to be covering? Well, you already got a bunch of people coming forward saying they've gotten some care under Obamacare. So it's it's beginning to start to have an effect. Obviously, like any big system, it's going to have a mixture of failures and successes. But if over time it operates the way Medicare has, Medicare is the most popular medical program in America, including private care. I mean, Rich, you may not want to hear that, but th- those are the facts. There are all kinds of polls, and they come in year after year, and that's a government program. So but- the assumption that the government is going to screw it up 
may be true in some instances, and it isn't true in other instances. I, you know, one of the things they're going to have to do is to straighten out the VA. Well, what, hey, Hedrick and Bill. They're going to have to hold some people accountable. We haven't seen any heads roll yet there. I, mean, I think gonna the, have to well, have, the heads are going to roll. They're going to have to be held but, accountable for some of the things they're doing there. People have got to get the message. They've got to do better. But at the same time, you've also got to give them more money so they've got the kind of, uh, they've got the doctors, the hospitals, the equipment. The, the infrastructure. They need the infrastructure. They need the, the money. Problem. They right. don't have that. Well, they don't. Have, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, one of the things I do. I mean, so I, one of the things when you say how is this going to get fixed, part of the way it's going to get fixed is they're going to have to get tough on VA, but they're also have to give VA more funds. They're going to have to acknowledge what the costs are of all these people coming back from the wars with all these uh, traumas and, and, and injuries. And terrible injuries. The truth these guys survive and their legs are blown off. Bill, go ahead. Is the truth going to bankrupt the United States and they don't want to tell us? Well, it's going to come close. Yeah. It's going wow. to come close. And then, the, then you, we're going to have to start figuring out how the heck we're going to invest in our future instead of worrying about covering our tails for the past. They want to be Dr. Feelgood. You know, they don't want to tell us that. The public doesn't want to think about it. No, the, I don't think the public does want to think about it. crash down the road. I, yeah, I, I, can, I can feel a crash coming. Something's going to happen with this VA. Well, and, it, but it's going, to, it's going to rectify itself. Looking back on the... Uh, no, no, you uh, mean you're, you're saying they think they want you to think it's going to rectify itself. You don't actually think it is. No, I mean, it's going to rectify itself in a disaster. That's what yeah, I mean. Okay, okay. I just want to yeah, be clear. I mean, like we're going to have a crash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're, they, we, I, we've got looking, an accumulation looking, of problems here, uh, Rich, that you're talking about. Whether you touch the VA, you touch the minimum wage, you touch uh, jobs going overseas, you touch the problems of homeowners uh, getting screwed out of their homes by banks that didn't even hold the, the mortgage. Exactly. That supposedly held. Every time you touch a problem, you're seeing that we've got systemic problems here. Mm. We have to deal with them systemically. And part of it's going to have to be, I'm sorry, you guys didn't like it when I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. People are going to have to get involved. You can't just vote. You can't just throw up your hands. You're going to have to actually get out there and march. Oh, they, so, they will get involved. They'll be forced to get involved. I think that's coming. I don't I, think they're ready yet. I think that's coming very shortly, that the people are really fed up with the food prices. They're fed up with the health care problems. They're fed up with, I think the, the health care, the, the media has, has push this it's so good and i read today on drudge that now the media the people who are in the media who uh, put out these stories about how great obamacare is is now they're finally getting hit in the pocketbook and finding out that the doctors that they've been going to for the past 10 15 years aren't in the plan and they have to now pay or go find another doctor well i was the one that was really talking uh, about uh, uh, how crazy the obamacare was but uh, at the end here uh, he's uh, he's been able to put the thing together, and I was really surprised that he got eight million people, and it saved the system. I don't know what would. Have Do you believe that number? Do you actually believe that number, Bill? I I believe well, this. The state of Oregon spent two hundred fifty million dollars on a website and couldn't get it to work, and nobody signed up, and they had to go to well, the feds. That was earlier. That huh? was earlier. Oh, well, yeah. Well, uh, you, you know, you look back at Roosevelt. Roosevelt took a big hit when he went into Social Security. This was communism. People were saying, and they were fighting it. And now those people, those elderly people, love their Social Security. And I think the same thing is being repeated here with Obamacare. Well, talking about so, hey, hey, Bill, talking about Social Security, Marla's great-grandfather was the governor of California, and his name was what, Marla? Colbert Olson. Uh, he yeah. was he was a part of all of that Social Security. Yeah, he was part of the, when, with Roosevelt, putting yeah. together Social Security. I have, and, I uh, have photos of them yeah. together. Anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Renegade Nation, we're going to be talking about General Motors and 
the poop that they're in right now and the fines that are being given out and what they've been hiding for a long, long time and it's finally come out, the whistleblowers again. So we're going to be talking about uh, GM Bill, Dean, Hedrick Smith, Richie Morella. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk, where we don't sugarcoat. And we got Bill and Hedrick still talking. I'll do that. I'll I can't stop them from talking. Anyway, we've had Hedrick Smith on, the author of Who Stole the American Dream. Renegade Nation, you need to get the book, Who Stole the American Dream. Read it. Pass it off to your friends. Tell them to buy the book. Get the book. And also... Bill Dean's book, Smooth Criminal, so you know what your government's been up to and what they what they were doing, and both uh, very credible journalists, investigative reporters. Hederick has to go, but it's always a treat to have Hederick on. We'll have it him on sure again. Sure is. Yeah, we'll have him on again in the next month because Hederick, <laughs> you're just fabulous. <laughs> I just love it when you, when you get on there and say all this. Well, stuff. Richie and Marla, you got a great show. Bill, it was great being with you. I wish you well. Pleasure Give him hell. Thank you, you Hederick. Bedja, baby. Ha- see you, Hederick. We'll be talking soon. Have a nice day. Aloha, Aloha, my friend. So here we are with Bill. Bill, uh, how, how did you feel right, about? You, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk. I want to talk about General Motors and. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, okay. That's pretty funny. It is funny. No, it's not it's funny, funny anyway. You know, they're paying seventeen dollars and some odd cents per car. That's all they pay. Yeah, that's about it. When the car costs thirty thousand dollars. Well, you divide uh, you divide thirty five million, and that's what you get. Okay, if you divide thirty five million into how many cars they sold uh, last year? Two point six million. Okay, seventeen cents a car. They can afford that. So again, Renegade Nation, they're killing people. Wow. They're, they're killing people with cars that are falling apart due to, to the ignition. You've heard it over the news, and a lot of people are not going to buy GM cars. In fact, I have never had a GM car. I've always had Ford, and I have never ever had a problem with a Ford. Uh, um, uh, model make never never in fact I have a Mustang now and I still don't have problems Marla in fact I don't even want to get into that story but anyway <laughs> General Motors again well, what ba- year is your Mustang it's a 2007 and it's paid off never had a problem with the car in fact somebody crashed the car once and the car saved the person's life it's amazing that the car is built but General Motors knew that there was a problem here they had the whistleblowers inside of GM GM's management and upper management decided not to do anything about it to cover it up but you have to understand Renegade Nation you have to understand that the government got out do you realize that the government split and sold the stock remember when the taxpayers had to bail out GM they knew the problem was already there Bill and Renegade Nation you know what I'm talking about they got out. They know when. They know when to get out. So they got out. So the tax, uh, uh, you know what? Uh, 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 anyway, 17. They just pay off, they just pay off uh, the Congress. So, I mean, that ought to be obscene. That ought to be, they should take no, absolutely no campaign contributions, alleged con- campaign contributions. Alleged. Go right into their pocket. Alleged. Legally. Yeah. 
Um, That's a whole other story. Isn't it really curious, Renegade Nation, exactly what I said a couple minutes ago, that the government dumped its shares in government motors, they call it government motors, when it did immediately before these recall scandals made the headlines. Now, think about what happened. This is what the mainstream media doesn't tell you. They didn't tell you or you weren't informed that they got out just as this story was about to break and bang, shang, lang, there it is, but the government got out. The government knew about it. The government, in fact, 60 Minutes did a story, Bill, on this where they, um, uh, government, General Motors, otherwise known as Government Motors, as some people say, they were involved in the distribution of pornography. It was on 60 Minutes. They were the biggest distributor of pornography in the world going to all these hotels with DirecTV because DirecTV, uh, I think GM owned 18% of DirecTV. And then when they came in to bail them out, they had to get rid of DirecTV. That was one of the uh, deals. But what about the ignition? No more porn for you. What about the ignition problems? They just, you know. You know what, you know what happened today to DirecTV? They were just so, is buying it. Yeah, for $50 billion. $48.5. So now you have a monopoly when it comes to streaming, Renegade Nation. AT&T was broken up in 1984 to, have, yep. to give competitive advantage to other people. They're putting themselves back together again. Of course they are. And the, uh, and the, um, the, 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 the morons in Washington and the banksters in New York are letting this happen. They don't care. And, you, and guess what, Renegade Nation? You're going to be paying more money if you have uh, DirecTV and AT&T. And also, guess what? You're also going to pay for the GM fines of $35 million when you go to buy the car because they're going to up the price of cent. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, this AT&T thing will, will go through because they've created such a monopoly with Comcast that, uh, that they're overbearing. Uh, and uh, so they've got to have a competitor, and now AT&T comes along and solves that problem. So AT&T, along with DirecTV, are going to be a, a legitimate competitor, like $67 billion uh, to uh, Comcast and all, all the stuff that Comcast has got. They want Time Warner uh, in there now. Has that deal gone, hey, Bill, has that deal gone through yet? Uh, 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 that hasn't gone through, but it may very well because of this decision today with AT and T. They would say uh, they would argue that Time Warner uh, uh, made it a, a monopoly, and uh, now with AT and T buying Direct TV, uh, they're pretty well even. So, so now, now I'm thinking Leviathans are. Uh, uh, it, it can fight it out. Now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking it's a complete setup by the banksters to have total control of the media. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. Now, Carla, you want to say it's the banksters? It's absolutely. Yeah, because the banksters have. That's the who has that kind of money except the banksters. Yeah. So now they're going to control your TV watching. They're going to know what they, you're well, watching. Well, they already are. Well, they are right. Everything is propaganda. I remember Comcast started out as some little stupid cable company in Philadelphia. I they were nothing. They were just an absolute uh, nothing. And look at them today. They own NBC. Don't they own NBC yeah. Universal or something? NBC. Yeah, and this is going to affect the internet. Renegade Nation, you will be affected by this merger of AT&T and DirecTV and also Comcast and Time Warner. You will be affected. Everybody else is going to be pushed out. But again, going back to 1984, when Mob Bell broke up and they had uh, Bell Atlantic, which is now Verizon. They had uh, all these different Bells. Pacific Bell, which is now, I don't know what they call Pacific Bell. They got so many different names for these people. But remember all that, Bill? And remember they oh, said yeah. it was great for the country. There are other phone companies like Sprint would come up. And then we had, uh, you know, MCI, which everybody forgot about them because they were sucked into Verizon. I mean, they just keep on sucking things in. And it's like this big suck job. And before you know it, you're paying higher... <laughs> <laughs> You're paying higher rates. You're going to be paying higher rates. 
fifty billion dollars. Oh, sure. Who the hell do you uh, think has fifty I, billion? I, I blogged today that it'll probably be six months or a year, and your rates will go up on both of them. It won't matter whether you're AT and T or. It doesn't matter what you're on. Comcast. Yeah, we have a we have here in Maui Time Warner. That's all we can get. But I'm but with this. Comp- Which really sucks here in Maui. Yeah, it really stinks. Uh, but anyway, because there's no competition. There's no competition, right. but there, there's going to be competition. Also, Netflix, which a lot of people love, Netflix is going to be affected by this. You're going to see higher rates at Netflix, and it's going to go up. So remember back in the days, and I'm going to take you back a little bit, Renegade Nation, you can look this up, in 1970 when HBO finally started on cable, which was called cable TV. I'm going to tell you and give you a little bit of a reminder. You paid $5 a month, and what you got was all uh, shows. You got no commercials. Look what they've done to that now. The average, uh, I think, cable bill is about 150 some dollars a month. It's absolutely ridiculous just to watch uh, even the network, so you have to pay to watch it because nobody has the antennas anymore. So they got you by the balls, and the bottom line is you're going to be paying a shitload of money, and it's coming down in your bill, and you will see it six months from and now. Relentless, they're going to keep adding and adding and adding. Oh, they're going to keep on adding. Why not? Because that $50 billion, they want to make it into $100 billion. They'll be able to do that in two or three years. It won't take long for them to do that. And I find that, that to be extremely offensive. It will not benefit any of us, just the banksters just the, and, and the, the one percenters. Yeah, the one percenters. They no, put there's the, no patriotism uh, with these rich people. No. They, they could care less whether it's America or whether it's uh, any other part of the world. They just want more money. They want more, and, more, uh, more. You know, more, they only more. got one, one mouth to feed. They've only got one theater seat to use. They can't use many of them. So why do they need all this money? I, you know what, Bill? I've always said that. I've always said... Well, it's not. I don't think it's about the money. It's about the power. Yeah, it's power. It's power. I can have all Ego. the. I can have all the money. I can have all the money in the world. I can have all the women in the world. I can have all the cars in the world. I can have all the homes in the world. What a dream! But it's like <laughs> after a while, it, it gets it gets boring. But one of the things that really got me excited last night when I saw Michael Jackson and Marla came up with a great idea for the Michael Jackson thing last night and at the MGM on the Billboard Awards that Michael Jackson should have came out and this. Okay. Is, go ahead, Bill, go ahead. are you aware of this? Aware of what Michael okay. Jackson came out with? Well, last night where it was the uh, Billboard Awards, oh. which is my duty to watch every award show. <laughs> Anyhow, Michael what Jackson. What did they do? They b- b- built an electronic Michael Jackson to no, walk across the stage. No, he he danced and he sang. It was a hologram. It was a complete musical production, and it looked absolutely ridiculous. So I guess I guess we uh, we don't die. You know, I said Michael Jackson. I, forever. And, and then what happened, Bill? Marla said uh, <laughs> later on they should have had him. You know, with the end of Thriller with Vincent Price and the and the coffin opening up. What they should have done is had him come out of the coffin. Yeah. And then Vincent Price is doing his his voiceover, and then Michael Jackson goes into the hologram dance thing that they did last night at the MGM. It was the most ridiculous thing. I was I was shocked. I couldn't believe he that they had this. He has to sell his new uh, his new he's album. Dead. He's dead. Leave him alone. But his yeah. kids need money. They're I, so I, poor. I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, yeah, they're poor. They got billions. I, they, I, they'll rationalize it that uh, we we want them to be alive forever or something like that. Well, they want to keep on making a lot of money. Well, of ac- actually, um, a lot of dead celebrities make more money than when they oh, were yeah. alive. Oh, yeah. 
I think a lot of people. Sinatra and Elvis Presley are doing these days. I, you know what? That's a that's a good idea, Bill. They should have had Elvis Presley be on stage with Michael Jackson in the hologram. That would have been even better. And yeah, they both grab and shake their crotches and stuff. Yeah, and then, and their and hips. then, then they just get back in their coffin and they go, "I'll be back next year." Yeah, that would have been even better. But that's that's really offensive. We would have offended a lot of people by saying that, Marla. Yeah. But they did that. Well, anyway. I mean, you know, geez, I, I, I don't know if today would uh, there would be an uproar if you saw Elvis uh, with his hips sw- uh, swinging. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. not at all. I mean, who? No, Michael Jackson people. grabs his crotch and who, stuff. Who was that girl last night that had that bra top one that had the tongue coming out of it? Who was that? Um, oh, Miley Virus. Miley Virus. Bill, she had a, a top on where it was covering her. She was her, doing a show in another country. And she was someplace, yeah, and she had a top on and it was covering her breast, but in the middle of of covering the breast up, there was a tongue it coming was, out. It was her big mouth with her big long tongue uh, and sequins. And, and, and oh sequins on a, Yeah, yeah. So this, all the. Is this on a network? Oh, yeah. It was on ABC. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm watching that and I'm going, the only thing that was good about that whole show was Miley Virus's bra. I mean, other than that, <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've seen. The rest of it was really stupid. I thought it was anyway. That's my. I, I you know, I, anyway, Bill. Yep. Thank you for being on. Thank you for coming back on. I we really yeah, missed you. Yeah, we've missed months. you, Bill. Well, um, yeah, when I have a chance, I will. Once a okay. month, Bill. Once a month. This went very, very well, and I got to compliment you, Richie. I mean, your questions were great, and you comp- you got the thing going, and uh, you were listening to what we were saying. I mean, it really, it really worked. Thank you, Bill. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do my job better now. You're not trying. You are doing it. I am doing it. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate this, that. Um, this uh, story about the... Uh, uh, it's so so such a riot uh, with uh, Rio de Janeiro. Uh, I mean, I've been down there, and I know I know how crazy it is in Brazil. And they've got this uh, this uh, uh, World Cup coming up in just a couple of weeks, and they were supposed to have 12 stadiums ready. And the corruption is so bad; they've only got six of them, and some of those they're not sure if they're going to collapse. And they've had eight people <laughs> die off of it. And now, now uh, you know they. They wanted to show off to the world. Boy, they've really showed off to the world. And they got the Olympics coming in two years. And, oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, the, I just got a story in the New York Times today about the sailors, the ones that are, you know, they race sailboats in the Olympics as well. And uh, this place where they're going in, in Rio is so bad that um, uh, there's garbage all over the, all over the lake. And, That'll uh, make for and a pretty picture. Thought, they talk about they talk about uh, oh my god if the sailboat uh, tips over we're going to be poisoned to death and this one guy says that his sailboat out there he took a trip and he hit four bodies in the water and, I mean, <laughs> this is pretty bad and and um, uh, uh, the olympics say it's absolutely too late to take it out they said that this is just leave the dead uh, bodies in thing in the world they they put uh, they put billions and billions in these stadiums and everything else and nobody knows where the money went it sure didn't build the stadium well uh, did you hear the story about the guy that got killed by a flying toilet someone uh, he that was that? In, that was a soccer match that was in brazil too wasn't yeah. it yeah that was in brazil that was yeah. in brazil they I, threw I, I mean it is some guy ripped out a toilet. When they were trying to show us that uh, that Brazil is such a such a modern 
uh, you know, like another America and so forth. Oh boy, did they, uh, they, they, we looked at the fishbowl and, um, they don't, they don't even have, um, uh, a sewage, a, a decent sewage system. Uh, when I'm down, when I'm down in Rio, uh, about midnight, they flush all the stuff out in the, out in the ocean. Really? Does it stink? That's why they say, they say to the sailors and the yachts, "Don't get near the water; you might die." That's what they because yep. it's filthy. Yep. And they the, all the, they do they do he, canoeing. Here's what gets me: is they 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 award these Olympics to to Brazil to Rio de Janeiro. Filthy Brazil. Fil, filthy Brazil. I mean, and, and, and <laughs> they this whole thing is a, t- a total uh, collapse. Backwash Brazil. Backwash. Back <laughs> <laughs> it's time to backwash over there. I mean, I love to go to Rio. Rio has the most prettiest women, the nicest asses, and a lot of fun down there. But I don't think I would want to go down there with all that mess going on. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I don't know if I told you. I was down there uh, walking to Lassico, the uh, the main drag, you know, overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, and they got these uh, big big hotels on the on one side and the ocean on the other side. Uh-huh. And I and this woman, this American woman, uh, had one of these little ten year old kids steal her pocketbook. And on each corner, you have uh, you have the assurance that there's a police officer there to take care of you. And um, uh, so this woman immediately screamed, and the little kid is standing right by next to the police officer. And she says, officer, officer, he took my pocketbook. And the kid's got the pocketbook. And she says, please give it to me. And he pretends he's deaf because the little kid is paying him off the cop. True yeah. story. I saw that. I, uh, I, 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 I would totally believe that, that the cops are paid off by the kids so the kids can steal the pocketbooks of the American people with all the money. Um, well, and, it's like that yeah. down in Mexico. It's not like too. that all overseas. Well, no, I, I well, went through that when I was but in But I mean, Asia. it's like if you're driving through mm-hmm. Mexico, which I did once. Um, Lock your doors. Yeah, lock well, your doors. Well, no, no, no. The little kids come up and they, they when you park and they go, keep an eye, keep an eye. In other words, they want you to give them some money and they keep an eye on your vehicle so no one breaks into it. Yeah. All right, we're going to go. Keep Bill, an eye? Yeah, we're going to go. You Bill, you got to read this amazing story about uh, Crimea. You know, part of Ukraine is gone, gone to the Russians. Everybody was talking about social media that, oh, we speak Russian and, oh, they speak Russian and now the world will be just nice. They did not know, nobody talked at all, that the biggest Black Sea oil uh, right. is in Ukraine's water. Yeah, I love And, lo- and uh, uh, Ukraine gave it away in Crimea's water. And Putin just sat there and uh, just very calmly took it. It now belongs to Russia. It's amazing. And they say that this is the best, the best oil and the biggest oil find in all of the Black Sea belongs now to Russia. Trillions of dollars. Why would they want to tell you the truth, Bill? That's the reason they, the the media and the, the oh. banksters say all this nonsense. And when you finally find out why Putin went into Crimea, now you really know the truth. It was about one thing, the oil. Well, I love Poopy's uh, timing. <laughs> His timing was perfect. Yes, right yes. after the Olympics. And he cut yeah. off that one town from the entire world. Remember that, Bill? He loved everybody. And they had this big show of love for the world. And then all of a sudden, Good right old after that, poopy. yeah, they run right in there and stole 
that little piece of the black sea for the oil. They didn't tell so, anybody about that, though. But Shell Oil knew about that. I bet a lot of the banksters knew about it. Um, they just couldn't wait to get their oh, hands that, on it. Oh, it's yeah, a distraction. Do. Exxon Exxon is explored in there, and they say, you know, it, it is the like the greatest find in the world. So these corporate monsters got together with Putin and said, we want this. Let's work out a deal. And basically worked out a deal. They took it, they took it over. Now they have all the money, and the Ukrainian people are screwed, basically. That's right. Basically, I mean, you know, the, the the people in um, in the capital um, uh, didn't say anything. The little fledging government didn't say, "Hey, Crimea, you can't give this up because that's our oil there." Mm-hmm. And uh, but but uh, they're so poor and so uh, deformed mentally over there in Ukraine that they just <laughs> they just uh, 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 didn't didn't think. Well, no, yeah, they found they wanted to they wanted to uh, uh, look at it. They looked at it and they found that it would cost twelve billion dollars to to open up this oil for them. They're not using it at all. And they said, oh, it's too expensive. That's a billion versus trillions. Yeah, a billion, yeah, right. A few years ago. Well, yeah, the Ukrainian people got screwed. They weren't informed by their by their government, by the press. Gee, or the media. I wonder what that's like. Yeah, well, you know, we know what that's like, and 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 they're going to get screwed over. Russia has the oil now. This was all about oil renegade nation and the banksters. They didn't care. Nobody get no. They didn't tell you the truth. And social media, Facebook, and all that Twitter stuff and all that nonsense. Those people don't know what they're talking about. You know, when somebody invades a country, there's something that they want. They didn't want that little piece of island sitting there. That was the Black Sea. They wanted, and they wanted that oil and they knew it was there and guess what only a few people in the world knew about how much oil was under that ocean and right. you were not told the, the truth and the now you know have explored yeah um, and the, the, i mean we, we talked about germany germany has one real problem they don't have oil and that was the problem that hitler had mm-hmm. uh, and uh, why the why the war i mean there were a lot of a lot of uh, jet planes uh, toward the end of the war that hitler had we didn't have any jet planes but they couldn't keep them in the air they didn't have the fuel yeah and, well, uh, and this is something that is just paranoid for for the germans they know they need the fuel to keep these factories going and they have to get the have to get it from russia and uh, they're telling they're telling uh, um, Obama to cool it and, and stop putting sanctions on, because uh, Russia has threatened uh, if you don't get the United States to behave, your oil's going to be. You know what, Bill? Why are we uh, the world's people? Why are we all fighting? Why we're all here on this planet called I call it the spaceship planet Earth. You know, well, I don't understand. You know, I mean, we got competing things going on. I, we're dependent in certain ways. This uh, this Chinese uh, cyber attacking thing is is really unbelievable. What they did today, um, Eric Holder, the uh, U.S. Attorney General, is uh, is telling is suing suing the Chinese army for uh, for um, cyber attacks. How the hell can he sue uh, the Chinese army? army? And, and they're <laughs> trying to extradite these Chinese officers for a trial in the United States. Can you imagine I, that? That, that is mean, the most no. stupidest thing I've ever heard. What a joke. What? 
Yeah. That's more so well, moronic. Uh, Obama, uh, Obama is uh, I, all I could think of. I mean, you know, I started the, my article on that one. You can read it. I say people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I mean, here we are, and here we're sending. We tried to calm the Chinese president down who came over here a couple of months ago by saying, hey, you know, we're, we're tripling the number of cyber attacking people uh, by, uh, by the year 2016, but please understand understand and that's what we're telling them i mean you know we're just as guilty as the chinese and we're expecting the chinese to uh to send their officers over who have been spying <laughs> hey bill I, I really don't understand the relationship between the united states and china because most of the products that are sold in this country come from china and now holder i don't understand it it's so complicated on the yeah you, know, you have to be in the bankster level or the upper hey, echelon level this is just Stupid. I think that it's, what they want to do is they want to they want to quiet down uh, China and try to try to come to some resolution and say, hey, this is so so crazy now that we're talking about extraditing Chinese. They're going to extradite the Chinese army over to. You can't even get Snowden back. You can't get. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You can't get Snowden back. He's hanging out in Russia. But we're going to get the Chinese over here. Oh, like these guys are going to go. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go with you. They're just going to give up and go. Yeah, it's yeah. just amazing. Anyway, we're going to go. Renegade Nation, a great right. show. I want you to pass the show on Bill Dean, formerly of CBS, the author of Smooth Criminal. Also you, formerly of uh, Renegade Talk Radio. Uh, you know, he's still part of Renegade Talk. <laughs> he's, he's never going to leave. He's, he's my, back. He's my best buddy. He's never leaving. He's going to stay with me. Yeah. And we had Hedrick Smith on, the author of Who Stole, Amer Who Stole the American Dream. Again, another great book. Both of these authors, Renegade Nation, you need to read the books. You need to get... Um, educated as to what's going on and why you're in the mess that you're in. So that you can stop posting on Facebook and get your asses out there and protest. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, you know, you need to get out there and I think the protesting is going to start very shortly. I think yeah, people are getting got, cut up. You've got to get out there. Your bodies... Hundreds, thousands of bodies with anyway, signs. Bill, Bill, thank you. It's like the stock market. We don't know when it's going to crash, but it will. It will. One of these uh, days, yeah. It's uh, the same story. All right, we're going to get out of here. Running the banksters know. Thank you. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Dean, thank you. Hedrick Smith, thank you. Marla, thank you. And Richie, the thank you. And Bill, the magic thank you. words are, I, I love.